This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, Monday, November 15th, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the guy who partied hard on Saturday, all in the name of BYU winning, Jerem Jordan. Listen, uh, around Provo, we know how to, we like to party. Woo! I know your name's Rod, and you like to party. Yep. Um, men's Hoops beat San Diego State. Massive win. Awesome win. It was great. Um, you know, similar to 2020 Gonzaga, Mark Pope had a uh, water bottle-like reception and entrance into the locker room. It looked and sounded like this. I thought the, um, the atmosphere was unbelievable! Woo! <laughs> he also went in the locker room and had water bottles, yeah. but what yeah. I meant to say yep. is Mark with his low-key delivery. Uh, Every postgame, uh, I just cannot wait to hear from Mark Pope. <laughs> yeah, you know it's good when he seeks me out. He's like, Spencer, where are you? I Let, want to talk. Let's, let's, let's talk. Let's chat. Let's chat. That was that was great. Okay, here's what it looked and sounded like in the locker room with the water bottle. I need No regard so for the suits. No regard for the suits. He'll get another one. Don't worry. Yeah, maybe he, that's a thing. He can afford Ruin a, the suit. Let's buy another one. He can afford another one. Let's continue a winning weekend into a winning party on a Monday with today's show lineup, including BYU head football coach Kalani Satake and his growing stock nationwide. He's a popular candidate for some big-time coaching vacancies. How concerned are you as a fan about BYU keeping him or having Satake leave with a potential departure. Satake and the Cougars at number 14 in the AP and college football playoff poll. What's the realistic ceiling for the Cougars and the rankings with two games to play? ESPN's Trevor Maddich discusses that and the Satake scenario. Plus, is BYU basketball really the 17th best team in the country? Which national rider thinks so? Bring on today's BYU Sports Station headlines. Men's Hoops beats San Diego State 66-60 in the Marriott Center Friday night thanks to 17 points and some clutch shooting from super senior guard Alex Barcelo. Screen set by Traore. Lucas dribbles toward the timeline, bounce pass on the drift to A.B. for three. He was hit on it! It should have been a four-point play. He was fouled on that. I heard the slap. Yeah. It was obvious that his right hand got pulled. Tijon Lucas went eight for eight from the free throw line to help seal the win. The Cougars are 2-0, head up to Portlandia to play Oregon tomorrow night on ESPN and BYU Radio. Why am I not going to this game again? Great question. BYU football at number 14, as I just mentioned in the latest AP poll, number 15 in the coaches poll, which we don't really care about. And holding steady at number 14 in the rankings that matter most, the college football playoff poll. The Cougars have three weeks left to make a move further up those rankings. They'll visit Georgia Southern after the bye week this Saturday in Statesboro. 
4 p.m. Eastern on ESPN+. We also just received kickoff time and television information for BYU at USC Thanksgiving weekend, Saturday, November 27th. ESPN, the mothership, will broadcast the Cougars and Trojans from the Coliseum at 10.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 Pacific. Sorry, East Coasters, but we do appreciate your dedication to Cougar football. Hey, let's go. It's ESPN. I, I thought it might be uh, worse. Cougars in the NFL. Daniel Sorensen had an interception for the Chiefs. Taysom Hill had 49 yards on two passes, three rushes, and a catch for the Saints. Sione Takitaki had five tackles, one for loss for the Browns. Kyle Vanoy had five tackles, a sack, a forced fumble with the Patriots. And your boy Dax Mill yeah, had two catches for 22 yards for the Washington football team. How crazy is it that Taysom Hill threw a pass, caught a pass, and rushed? Like, that? that is insane. Nobody else is doing that in the NFL. No, it, it is insane. It, it's just kind of a bummer that he's not the backup. He was competing for the starting spot, and now he's kind of the third Hey, well, they've clearly He's valued him in ways. a different way. Yeah. yeah. Fourth seeded and 13th ranked BYU women's soccer dominates New Mexico in the opening round of the NCAA tournament. 6 0. Five of those goals in a 25 minute span of the second half. Brecken Mazingo scored twice in two minutes to open up the onslaught. BYU will now head to Charlottesville, Virginia on Thursday for a matchup with Alabama in the second round. The winner there will likely face number one overall seed. Virginia in the Sweet 16. Game time and broadcast details for BYU Alabama will be announced later this week. But you know what? Let's just revel in that big victory on Saturday night for a moment more with this. Johnson way off the line. Cameron Tucker, an open net, and BYU has scored first. And what was weird is... I wish you had gotten excited. It was such a slow first half. BYU had ripped off a bunch of shots. It felt like the Utah State game. Don't you dare bring it. I know. It, it, it looked like that statistically. Yeah. So it was good to see that breakthrough with the first goal. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, good. scored a bunch more after that. Yeah. Let's go. Number five, women's volleyball. Oh, lost his hat. Ah! They won in four against LMU Saturday in front of 3,500. 24-22. Blocked by BYU. And down! The Cougars beat LMU in four on senior day. Yes, they did. Six seniors honored. Congratulations to them. Hopefully, we'll have a first and second round coming up December 3rd and 4th in the NCAA. Kennedy Eschenberg became the rally era. No, yeah. Uh, yeah. Leader in solo blocks and fourth in total blocks. Congratulations. That's awesome. Cougars hit the road for Pacific and Santa Maria this week. Fourth-ranked BYU women's cross-country finished third, but the number eight BYU men's team took first in the NCAA Mountain Regional at Timpanogos Golf Club on Friday. The victory by the men grants them an automatic bid to the NCAA Cross-Country Championships. I wasn't sure if they were going to make it, Spence. Now the women... I was uh, real nervous there. On that note, the women fully expect an at-large bid to Nationals this Saturday. I didn't even know that was happening. Who cares? BYU was going to be in. Women's Hoops beat Mountain West Conference preseason number one Fresno State 80-64. to okay. get, get, out, get that out of here. Led by 22 points each from Paisley Harding and Shayla Gonzalez. Steal by the Cougars. Gonzalez, two more. 22 for number two. Lauren Gustin had a double-double, 16 points, 13 rebounds. She's amazing. Cougars 2-0 host Arizona State tomorrow. Early game, one of two kids games, two Eastern time. It's going to be a fun environment against a, a Pac-12 opponent. Let's go. A little Wednesday matinee okay. basketball. Okay. You know? Okay. We'll mark it down. We'll do it. Former BYU soccer star Ashley Hatch 
and her professional team, the Washington Spirit, win 2-1 to one and advance to the NWSL Championship. Hatch, the golden boot winner of the league for scoring the most goals in the regular season, 10, will lead her team into the title match against the Chicago Red Stars. Uh, J.J. Watt's wife is on that team. Mm -hmm. Also, Julie Ertz of the national team. Mm -hmm. Chicago's loaded. They get Washington. No one breaks down the NWSL like you always put. Next Saturday in Louisville, Kentucky, good luck to New Ashley and the Sparrow. And the Sparrow. Neutral site? Why? I don't know. And Cougar Hoopsters overseas. Brandon Davies, 12 points, 5 boards, 5 assists. And Barcelona's first league loss. Kyle Collinsworth had 13 points, 16 rebounds, and 8 assists in two games in Japan. And Brandon Averett, 27 points in a win in Cyprus. That's a nine headline Monday. Oh, and we stung the song. Yep. How about perfect. that? Man. It was we perfect. We hit the post. Woo. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Kalani Satake Appreciation Day in Studio B. <laughs> BYU football now in the midst of back-to-back -back years where they have been ranked in the college football playoff top 15. They hadn't done it ever until last year, and now they've been in the top 15 in back-to-back -back seasons. All it took was a pandemic. The Cougars have won 19 of their last 22 games overall and are 5-1 and one against Power 5 teams this season. Kalani Satake is the head coach at BYU, 46-28 and 28 overall, now into his sixth season as the man in charge. BYU is a dark horse candidate for a New Year's Six Bowl game bid in 2021. What? Recruiting is on a considerable and very nationally recognized uptick. So naturally, Satake is a hot ticket item for the growing number of high-level coaching vacancies in the college football world, USC and Washington notably. In fact, a recent article from Bruce Feldman of Fox Sports and The Athletic places Satake firmly on the radar of Washington. Jared, my question is, is there a chance Kalani Satake takes the Washington or another coaching job. Yeah, there's a chance. Um, I hope he stays, and I think he will stay. Is there a chance? Sure. So you're saying there's a chance. Yes. Um, but I, I believe the Kalani will stay here. The question is, and it's our question of the day, which we'll get to, is will BYU do what it takes to keep him and staff? The staff matters. Having Elias Tuiaki as the defensive coordinator, that matters. Having Aaron Roderick as the offensive coordinator, that matters. And Festitake and these guys. It's a really good staff, and the, it, let's, let's walk through um, one of my theories. This isn't a calling in the church. We don't raise our right arms and sustain Kalani Satake as the uh, head coach. It's a job. It's a job. It's a job that a 70 talks to him about, or an apostle, when he's hired, but it's a job. It, it doesn't mean he's going to be here forever. He's jokingly said, I want to be the Polynesian Lavelle, a.k.a. I want to stay here forever and be you know, winning and help this school in the best way he can. Kalani Satake loves BYU. He wants to be here. I imagine he would want to be here as long as he possibly can. The Big 12 opportunity for BYU means that the Cougars can pay the coaches more. How soon will they do it? Can they do it now? Because to keep Kalani Satake would be, to me, probably the most important thing that could happen in BYU athletics. Talk about a lot of important people. Tom Hummel being the athletic director and the two head coaches of the most high-profile sports, Kalani Satake and Mark Pope. They are the right people for the job right now. All three of those guys I just mentioned. BYU needs to do what it takes to keep him. What does that mean? Does it mean double his salary? Does it mean double the salary of his um, coordinators? I'm not exactly sure, but there is a price for every, everything. Everything can be undone. You can undo a ceiling in the temple. Everything can be undone, okay? He's under contract. He can just bounce. Be bought out. 
BYU needs to do what it takes to keep him. What that means is to be determined between Kalani and staff. I'm guessing Kalani would say, make sure my assistants are, are paid. You know, And BYU is a unique place. This is great. A lot of people want to be here. Sometimes that's used um, to the disadvantage of perhaps some coaches' salary. Hey, we know you want to be here, so we don't have to. There's only so many funds to go around, sacred funds. that it, I, I get it. I'm hoping that BYU does what it takes because the, the highest paid employee of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, I'm talking the business side of it, is, is Kalani Satake. BYU needs to keep him because guess what? BYU and the brand, and, and, and let's be honest, like the brand of the church to some extent domestically, that all is contingent upon how things are going with Cougar Athletics to some degree. It's not everything, but to some degree. Keep it going, baby. Get this man paid and his assistance and Mark Pope and assistance. To do what it takes to keep Kalani Satake. So for me, what it takes is, yes, I am in agreement with you from the assistant standpoint. This is, to me, bigger than just money for Kalani. Yeah. This is about yeah. stability and money for his assistant coaches. The staff that has helped him go 19-3 and in the last 22 games. Lock in the support staff. Kalani is going to get paid. Will they lock in his assistants and the staff and make them feel appreciated in a way that resonates with them? That, to me, is number one. Every coach wants more autonomy within their program, right? More control over the support staff and hires and organization. And if you look at what BYU is going to have from a support staff standpoint compared to what other Big 12 schools have right now, it is minimal. I mean, BYU's staff is tiny compared to what these other Big 12 programs Explain have. Explain what you mean so people understand. Like okay. the recruiting yes. staff. The, Absolutely. Yeah. Organizational matters. I mean, there are there are teams like Texas that have... Well, don't compare to Texas. Okay, sorry. There are teams like Baylor okay. that have That's a better full-on uh, nutritional staffs. Like, not just one person, but, like, a staff of people that's lining up meals for every specific player. Like, what's going to work best for uh, the offensive line? What's going to work best for our quarterbacks? Like, we're talking about something. Autonomy, control over support staff hires, and organizational hires. Okay? To me, that has to happen with BYU transitioning into the Big 12. Because the last thing that BYU needs is trying to find a new coach to break in transitioning into a Power 5 conference. I can't think of a more chaotic scenario. Because the candidates are limited. And this, Exactly. They the are. pool is so small. Who will BYU go get as they transition into a Power 5 conference? That would be nuts. There's not one that's better than Kalani Satake right now. And you frankly, know what I mean? I don't know that Tom Homo mentally can handle another coaching change after everything that's happened between football and basketball. Like, Tom's not, I don't know how many years away he is from retirement. That guy's got juice, dude. Saturday, he's running around to all three games. Like, he's awesome, right? But yeah, BYU needs to keep Kalani. This is going really, really well. Do what it takes. I will say this Tom Homo took a chance on Kalani. Kalani had never been a head coach. He took the chance in 2016. BYU went 9-4. and four. Ooh, I feel differently. And then that was followed up. I don't feel like it took a chance. Okay, whether you want to view it as a risk or not, it wasn't the that guy risk. that had never been a head coach in right. college football. Right, but Bronco had been a D.C. at BYU for two years. Kalani had proven himself as a D.C. at Utah for like Not saying he wasn't proven. Nine. Okay. So then it's not a risk if he's proven. Okay, you and I differ that's on that opinion. That's, that's okay. Yeah. It wasn't a risk. Okay, 4-9 and nine the next year. The worst season in 50 years for BYU football. So that BYU could get Zach Wilson. 50 years. 
But the loyalty remained with Kalani from Tom Homo. So how much is that worth for Kalani looking back at Tom Homo? Like, hey, you were the guy that gave me the job, my first head coaching job. Maybe. And you stuck with me after the worst season in 50 years. In the that's got to be worth something. But is it worth uh, a million bucks? Because that's what Man. BYU might need to increase at least, if not two or three. Well, and as much as BYU fans hate to think about Kalani at some other position in the Pac-12, whether it's USC or Washington or who knows how long Kyle Whittingham's going to stay at Utah, and if he left and retired, you better believe Utah's going to be in that conversation too. Lock in Kalani Satake right now. Money talks, man. Ralph Sokolowski, Kalani Satake, a longtime statistician, just completed, you know, this is his 40th, 40 years of BYU football. Pretty cool. Satake was one of 18 new head coaches in 2016. Only seven remain as head coaches of those 18. Of the seven, Satake's win percentage is second only to Georgia's Kirby Smart. What BYU's done the last two years has been incredible. If you love it, if you like it, and you want some more of it, you need to hope that BYU does what it takes, right? And I'm not talking the coach's circle or whatever that like matches the salary. And may, that's important, too. I think BYU just needs to originate a value that is competitive. In sure. The, it, with where Kalani... Kalani Stake, let's be honest, Kalani Stake has turned down other opportunities to stay here at BYU. We all realize this, right? This has happened. Our question of the day. Do you believe BYU will do what it takes to keep Kalani Satake and his staff after this season. Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Christopher West on Instagram says, most definitely, with joining the Big 12 in two seasons, who wouldn't want to stay? It's an amazing challenge, and I'm sure Kalani and his staff want to make a bang in BYU's first season in the Big 12. Let's get this. The key is to make sure that Kalani and staff feel appreciated. Now, how you do that <laughs> is what is so subjective. What, what, what? It's money. What are they? And and money to people. What are they going to do? Words of affirmation. What are they gonna, uh, there are a lot of ways. <laughs> control, autonomy, right. money. But it all comes down to money. The control and autonomy you're talking about is money in two parts of the program. It's all money in this conversation to me. Instead of, you're doing a great job. Oh, I'm good. I'll stay. Coming up, who was more clutch in the win over San Diego State? Barcelo or Lucas? Trevor Maddich of ESPN discusses the Satake situation at BYU and his growing stock. Plus, has BYU football peaked in the college football playoff poll? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It's another Kalani Stocky and Mark Pope combined coaches show. Special day Wednesday because BYU men's basketball plays Tuesday night against Oregon. So uh, check it out Wednesday night, 8.30 Eastern on the BYU TV app. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up alongside Jerem Jordan. You know what time it is. It's another Maddich Monday, which means we bring in ESPN college football insider, analyst, and expert, and a BYU national champion, Trevor Maddich, to discuss football and much more. Trevor, welcome back to the show. How was your weekend? It was a, a great weekend. BYU remained undefeated this weekend from a standpoint of them. (laughs) Washington football team beat Tampa. It's been a pretty good football weekend. Absolutely. Okay, because BYU football has had so much success, not just this season, but even the season uh, season prior, Kalani Satake's name is being tossed around as a potential fill-in, as uh, a guy that could take high-level college jobs 
at a number of different places. Uh, we're asking today, do you believe BYU will do what it takes to keep Kalani Satake at BYU? I think they should. They absolutely should. I mean, in, in Coach Satake, they have a guy that could potentially have the same kind of a run in terms of longevity that Lavelle Edwards had, where he could stay there for decades. And as long as they pay him so that somebody else doesn't make it worth his while to go ahead and leave so that his family has generational wealth in a different spot that he might not be able to get at BYU, then I think he would be inclined to want to stay. Going to the Big 12 is the big issue here because that will allow recruiting to improve. That will allow Kalani Sataki to have a chance at a national championship. And then theoretically it allows more money to put into the pool so that they can pay him more and his staff more because those are both important. And that's important to make sure nobody else can outbid them to the degree that they would leave a situation where they're happy. But remember this, I remember Mike Riley coaching at Oregon state and coaching well, and his name was mentioned a number of years ago for the USC job. And his response was, you know what? I'm happy here. And when you're happy, stay happy. So I think BYU should do everything they can to keep Kalani Sataki and his staff happy. That's certainly the hope, Trevor. Um, and how willing is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints of BYU uh, willing to pay its highest paid employee, right? Spencer and I are not even close on that list. We're trying, but we're not even close. That, and that's the question. Certainly BYU will make more being in the uh, Big 12. Um, how much more is to be determined with the new contract in 2025? But there's a guy like Aaron Roderick who, honestly, is a very hot commodity. Could be an OC just about anywhere, given how he's performed. So it's Kalani, it's the staff, and, and I know that BYU wants to. Well, I feel like they do. I don't know that. But will they? Will they? Because at times this place can be frugal uh, for obvious reasons, connected to the church, you know, sacred funds and whatnot. I'm interested to see if they'll do it because BYU's been too good these last two years to not get plucked from in some form at least offered. What do you think? Well, you're right that a lot of those coaches, not just the head coach, but assistant coaches, uh, will be drawn out of there. I mean, you look at Baylor, Jeff Grimes, the former offensive coordinator at BYU, is now the offensive coordinator at Baylor. And they've got the same kind of offense that he had at BYU, one of the most physical offenses in the country with a very good passing game to go with it. Eric Mateos was his offensive line coach here, and he followed him over to Baylor. He was a hot commodity as well. Talking about Aaron Roderick, I mean, quarterback coach of Zach Wilson, and then quarterback coach of Jaron Hall, who has filled in not just admirably, but at the highest levels. So two consecutive guys that Coach Roderick has been able to coach up to the highest levels. And because of the success of Coach Grimes as coordinator at Baylor, that makes people think, other, other places think, that this would be a, a consistent coaching pipeline coming out of this BYU offensive staff. And so these are things they do have to worry about. But I think when you talk about the, the money, the funds, and how much would they be willing to pay their highest paid employee, where they have a reason to not judge this the same way is that football is, especially at the Power Five level, is its own entity with its own funding. A lot of the biggest programs football programs in the nation are separate from university funding. They get their money from their, their football revenue sources, media, et cetera. And they pay all their coaches' salaries and everything else out of that. They pay their expenses out of that. And many of them return money back to the university. And so they're actually helping to fund the university. So people that claim in some universities that our football coach is making $4 million a year and our highest professor, those kinds of things, they need to look deeper into where that $5 million or $4 million comes from. 
And then how much goes back to help pay for those university professors as well? BYU going to the Big 12, we don't know exactly what the media rights will be there, especially initially without Oklahoma and Texas, them going to the SEC. But the, the, the funds will go up for the Cougars. And because of that, it's, it wouldn't be so much that the university and even the church is taking money out of their coffers to pay more to the football coach. It would be that football is generating more revenue, and that's more to pay the football coach. Well stated. ESPN's Trevor Maddox with us on BYU Sports Nation. Let's shift gears now back to the actual football and BYU with Kalani Satake. Now having two games remaining at this point in the college football season, Trevor, is it more about what Satake, his staff, and the Cougars do on the field or what teams ranked around them do if BYU is to continue to climb the rankings? You know, Spencer, BYU can't help themselves on the field. They can't hurt themselves. If they beat Georgia Southern and USC 50 to nothing each, they, that won't give them enough juice to move up. Although USC is going to be a dangerous team playing the last game of the year with a bunch of guys heading off into the NFL. You know, you never know which USC you're going to get. Even so, from a standpoint of the committee and the rankings, I don't think that they can help them. They can hurt themselves by struggling, you know, obviously if they lose. But even if they, if they win close games, they can put themselves in the same conversation that Cincinnati has. Cincinnati, for the last four weeks, has essentially played down to the level of mediocre competition and struggled to put them away until late. And BYU doesn't want to be in that conversation because we're not talking playoff, but we are talking New Year's Six. And there have only been two teams in the playoff era that have gotten an at-large berth into the New Year's Six that have not been ranked in the top 10. BYU sits at number 14 coming into this week's ranking. And so they've got to move up a lot. Therefore, they need a lot to happen above them. Those things are possible, but it would be quite a bit of help in order for them to get to the top 10. It'd be fun to see it. We'd love to see it. And I want to ask you this. Do you believe BYU will play in a bowl not named the Independence Bowl? They might. They could go to the Fiesta Bowl. From the standpoint of the bowl, BYU is a very attractive partner because of the the people that they will bring, especially if it's the the Fiesta Bowl, the people that will come in from the, the Western United States that are all natural BYU fans. And then from a TV standpoint, I mean, it's a national and even an international fan base. And so it's a very attractive team to bring into your bowl game. The question is, will the committee have BYU ranked highly enough to be able to put them in the Fiesta Bowl? Keep in mind that that three of the New Year's six bowls already have automatic tie-ins, just like the Rose Bowl, which has automatic tie-ins to the the Pac-12 and the Big Ten, assuming that they're not a playoff bowl, and this year they're not um, in the in the semifinals. So uh, that would not be an issue there. But that also has the potential for teams that are ranked behind BYU to jump up ahead to fulfill that contractual tie-in. So these are things that complicate the whole thing. Um, one of the things they need to do is for the Big 12 to cannibalize itself, which they could do. Uh, right, Oklahoma picked up their first loss to Baylor. And if they pick up a second loss and even a third, I mean, the best thing for BYU really is for uh, Oklahoma State and Baylor to be in the championship game. That would mean that Oklahoma would pick up another loss. And for Baylor to win that game convincingly over Oklahoma State, which will give Oklahoma State their second loss. See, things like this are what need to happen in order to clear space ahead of BYU. Michigan State is up there in the top 10, and they still have to play Ohio State and then Penn State to close out the regular season. 
Both Ohio State and Penn State have outstanding passing attacks. Michigan State's biggest flaw is that they have one of the worst pass defenses in college football. Mm. There's a chance that Michigan State will pick up one or two more losses. And if they lose both of those games to be a three-loss team, that might also clear a spot above BYU, assuming BYU takes care of business. So these are all things to be paying attention to. Trevor, without question, BYU, as you have pointed out, needs some help from the teams above, including the Pac-12. And I know the BYU fans don't want to buy into this, but if Oregon is not in the college football playoff, then that means the Pac-12 will get one spot in the New Year's Six, which is their direct tie to the Rose Bowl. So should BYU fans gulp, be rooting for Utah to beat Oregon this Saturday? You know, it kind of makes me want to cry a little bit. But yes, <laughs> yes. BYU fans should hope that Utah wins out because that does add juice to their strength of schedule. I mean, Utah, if, if they went out and win the Pac-12, then the committee will, will look at the BYU win over the Utes in a, in a better light than they do even now. And so, yes, BYU fans need to be rooting for Utah to win. They don't have to root for Utah to be happy, but they need to root for them to win. And that's enough. Okay, looking at the national landscape uh, of things, how do you see this shaking out in the end? It's it's Georgia and a bunch of other teams right now. That's what it feels like. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of is. It's Georgia and then the hot mess behind them. Everybody's got flaws. And so, you know, who shows up with those flaws in the remaining games are the ones that are going to be knocked out. I mean, Alabama right now, their defense is up and down. We don't know which Bama defense we're going to get week to week. And so we'll see what happens, although it helps them that Auburn, their most likely chance for Alabama to lose before they get to the SEC championship game, just lost their quarterback for the rest of the season. He hurt his ankle in this last game. And so, you know, so Alabama, though, the, the defense is there. And that could be a problem in the SEC championship game because from the standpoint of the teams wanting to make the playoff, they don't want the SEC to have two teams in. And the best way for that to happen is if Georgia wins convincingly in the SEC championship game. That depends on which Alabama team shows up, assuming that Alabama gets there. Now, after that, things kind of get crazy. Ohio State, I think, is the team that can best compete with Georgia, okay. certainly on offense against Georgia's great defense, because their passing attack has more talent and it's more explosive even than Alabama's, and their running game is much better than Alabama, so they're more balanced, right? But their defense, Ohio State, has and it's it went from really bad in September with so many young guys to pretty good, you know, and balance with their offense. We'll see, but there's a flaw there, kind of right. And then you keep moving down. Cincinnati keeps playing down to the level of competition. Um, you know, th there's all kinds of different things that could happen from a standpoint of those flaws. So it's really hard to pick it, but that's one of the things that makes it so fun. Oregon is struggling to throw the ball down the field. Their running game is dependent in large part on their quarterback. Anthony Brown making a lot of big runs, which he did last week in the win over Washington State. But, you know, at what point are they going to have to really uncork the deep passing game and have it work a lot? And so these are these are questions that that come up. And all of these things from a standpoint of BYU have less importance because BYU isn't thinking about the top four. They're thinking more like the top 10. But from a playoff standpoint, it is really fun to watch all this stuff because in the past you would have the usual suspects maybe one or two teams that might crash the party and everybody's playing at a high level and there's not a lot of drama right now it's all about the drama 
I love watching all of these games unfold. Trevor, you've laid it out beautifully. We look forward to another exciting weekend of college football. Thanks for the time, as always, bringing it on Maddich Monday. Thanks, guys. ESPN's Trevor Maddich with us. There are some scenarios that could play could play out. It's just a matter of percentages, and right now they don't favor BYU. I'm all about it. Coming up, reaction from Friday's men's hoops win. What does it mean for the Cougars? And is it now time for Mark Pope and his staff to finally commit to polos? There's so many water incidents happening. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. On the latest Deep Blue podcast, to talk with BYU women's golf coach and baller Carrie Roberts about the legacy of her family, the Summer Hayes in golf, the influence of her parents on her life, and the decision to abandon her husband's then-recent law degree to return to BYU to coach women's golf. Listen to it on the BYU Radio app and our podcast are friends. She's amazing. New member of the BYU Athletic Hall of Fame, and I was talking to Danny Ainge and Brian Santiago on Friday night about Carrie Roberts dominating them in golf. And if it were true... And Danny said, yeah, yeah, she's, uh, she's pretty much kicked our butt. She should, man. She's amazing. Yeah. Oh, her, sw- her swing is so sweet. Uh, he is Jeremiah Spencer. This is BYU Sports Nation. You know what time it is. Let's whip it. Cougar Whip Rep presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Who is more clutch in the win over San Diego State, Alex Barcelo or Tijon Lewis? Uh, that would be AB for three, especially. When he got fouled on that shot in the corner, knocked it in, and then, of course, a little sidestep at the free throw line that was really the dagger. Right there. You're watching it on BYU TV. It, he, he was the guy. Tijon was great at the free throw line. Alex hit the big time shots. It was it was both, but it was A.B. more because he made a couple field goals. Tijon had to make those free throws, though. So, yeah, big time from both. Jeff Goodman has BYU basketball currently ranked 17th in his Goodman Top 25. 17. Pretty good. Too high, too low, or just right? Too high. BYU needs to prove itself a little more. Oregon tomorrow night certainly will be that that as well. And he catches BYU 28th in the top 30. So BYU's making some noise right now. If the Cougars beat the Ducks tomorrow and uh, and the return of the Quack, then boom goes the dynamite now. I feel like BYU is a top 25 caliber team right now. 17 feels high for sure. Yeah. I'd say somewhere in the middle between Goodman and Katz. In the th- I'd put BYU in the high 20s. Yeah, okay. All right. You beat Oregon, top 25. Like sure. right now, like probably 25, right at 25. Huge, something like that. huge game tomorrow. BYU doesn't have to win it, though. But if they what, do. What do they have to do to prove that they are a top 25 team? Lose by Oregon. four? Or do they have to beat Oregon? They have to beat Oregon. Yeah. Okay. Does Utah's margin of victory in football over common opponents matter? <laughs> This was a talking point on Twitter, Saturday. No. <laughs> no, it does not. Just like it doesn't matter when BYU fans try and do the same thing to Utah. It doesn't matter. It's the first and only time we're going to put B- B- uh, Utah football stats and analytics uh, an analysis on the screen. Uh, but Johnny Linehan's <laughs> response to this was amazing because, yeah, Utah beat Arizona State by more than BYU beat them. They beat Arizona by more than BYU beat Arizona. And then Johnny Linehan responded, well, how much did Utah beat BYU by? Fantastic response. Losers talk about margin of victory. Don't forget it. Don't forget it. It's great to beat Utah. Winners talk about wins. Losers talk about wins. BYU women's soccer, hoping to win some more. They get Alabama in the round of 32 we want Bama. this Thursday. And Got Bama. we have a game time. It's 4 Eastern, 2 p.m. Mountain. Yeah. For BYU and Alabama, waiting on broadcast details. But It's going to be broadcast on the mountain. No, I'm just playing. If... Is BYU beating Alabama in the round of 32 and getting to the Sweet 16, is that 
Is that the threshold of success? Is it Sweet 16 or bust for BYU women's soccer? Yeah, it is. This team needs to go to the Sweet 16 to reach the minimum threshold for great greatness. This team is awesome. This team could go as far as they want, it's really. all-time offensive they're gonna, yes, juggernaut. They're going to have to go through Virginia if they beat Bama at Virginia, who knocked them out last year, by the way. They kind of want – Cassie Smith said, yeah, they've kind of yes. eyed Virginia. Um, yes, they need to win against Alabama on Thursday. Or it's not a bust, but it's disappointing for sure. This team's at least Sweet 16 good. Oh, I think you asked them, they tell you it's a bust because once they saw Virginia, they were like, we want the rematch. And then Broncos' face appeared and they were like, 66. we want the rematch. Hey, uh, by the way, I'm calling you Jamie Rendich Beck, former BYU women's yeah, soccer star who lives it? in Charlottesville. What's up? She lives in Charlottesville. Gather the troops. For BYU women's soccer. And you better have BYU Get into the on stadium. for this one. This isn't your husband's Get into, get into the stadium. Team. This is your soccer team. Yes. BYU women. Why it. am I yelling? I don't know. BYU women's volleyball lost the set this weekend. How concerned are you, Spencer? I'm not concerned. <laughs> LMU's a pretty good volleyball school and a pretty good volleyball team. Like, this is going to happen, especially when you're playing a team for the second time in the season. Like, you... You make adjustments, you know how to handle things a little bit better. They played five freshmen. Does that change anything for us? Uh, <laughs> that too! Come on! No, I'm not concerned no. at all! No, no concern. Someone came up to me at church and kind of talked about, oh, what happened? I'm like, what do you mean, oh, what, what happened? happened? BYU's 25 and 1 has won 18 matches in a row. Their only oh, losses to the number one RPI team in the country, and it was at Pittsburgh. <laughs> they lost, it was out, Taylor Ballard Nixon. They lost the set. Ah! Oh boy. <laughs> Back to BYU basketball. Should Mark Pope and his staff commit to polos instead of suits to avoid further ruining suits with these hydrated and hyped celebrations in the locker room? No, it doesn't matter. They'll, they'll get new ones. They got they got deals. They ain't paying for these suits. No, they can go suits if they want. Whatever. Mark Pope doesn't. Even we need feel it. like buy another one. We feel like talent. We have to match them. So whatever they do, we're gonna do. So whatever. I'm in it to win it. I guess you can dry clean water too, right? Can you, oh, wet, good. Can you wet clean? <laughs> I have no idea. No idea. I don't know how that works. I don't know. Where... We need to get our dry cleaning experts. Okay, this tweet came in from Steve Carter this morning. Apparently, while I'm dreaming of BYU to, the, to a New Year's Six Bowl, my wife is dreaming of the BYU Sports Nation guys. Oh, this boy. could get sketchy quick. To be fair, I'd peg Spencer Linton at at least 185 pounds. This is from her wife. Text to him. Before I forget, I had a dream that Spencer Linton, in all his 170-pound, 30-something-year-old glory, (laughs) you're neither of those things, was quitting Sports Nation to play college football himself. The best part was that Jerem Jordan, after Spencer announced it on the show, was just sobbing. It's undisclosed as to whether that was for joy or uh, sadness. Spencer, are you leaving the show to play college football? Jerem, I would like to report (laughs) that I am not leaving BYU Sports Nation. We buried the lead till 42 after. (laughs) <laughs> Though I have had those dreams, and mostly it's playing with Bronco Mendenhall as my coach for whatever reason. Oh, you, like it's you, always you Bronco. The, Bronco's always my you coach. You need the discipline. I don't know. Um, what one time I when I graduated from BYU, I thought, oh shoot, I can't play college sports anymore. I was never going to, but once the eligibility was oh, gone, it's I was over. like, wait, I didn't. Di- it's over. No, that's why I'm over here. Hey, by the way, Steve and his wife. It's 178 pounds, and I am still technically <laughs> a 30-something, so we're good. Not for long. <laughs> Coming up. How old is Spencer? And nope. a rise and shout-out to a three-hour drive. Plus, reaction to the San Diego State win in a way that only Mark Pope can deliver. Mm-hmm. Plus, Alex Barcelo and Caleb Loner react as well. Great stuff. This is BYU Sports Nation. 170-30-something. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. 
BYU women's basketball team is really good. They're going to be in the top 25 in the next couple weeks, no doubt. Uh, they take on Arizona State tomorrow, 1 Eastern time, an earlier game from the Marriott Center, baby, on BYU TV and the app. Let's go. Just more reasons for everybody that's still in school to not pay attention to class and watch what's happening on BYU TV. But stay off your phone. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B, also during the school hours. So if you're watching during school, hey, welcome. It's on demand, baby. You can get it any time after. It's time we give BYU men's basketball their due credit for a hard-fought, grinded-out win over San Diego State last Friday night in front of a raucous Marriott Center crowd. In fact, let's hear more from BYU head basketball coach Mark Pope about that battle. What an epic battle between two teams that are physical and committed to getting the glass and committed to guarding. This was a big time, big time, big time game between two great teams. How much does that win do for the status of BYU basketball? It's very early, but it feels like a big win. Hopefully it's at least a quad two. If San Diego State's not in the top 30, then it'll be a quad two, you know, 31 through 75 there. But, um, yeah, I think it'll be a quad two. I, I think it's a nice win. BYU is certainly on people's radar. Jeff Goodman, 17, Andy Katz, 28 right now after a 2-0 start. And then BYU is going to play its third NCAA tournament team from last year in a row tomorrow night. Huge game against Oregon. If BYU beats Oregon, it will beat Central Methodist on Saturday. Top 25, man. Hey, BYU is probably going to have a quad three win with Cleveland State, quad two with San Diego State, and they'll have a quad one opportunity with Oregon. Yeah, top 50 is what Oregon needs to be by the end of the year. That will happen. Uh, yeah. Caleb Lohner, by the way, um, introduction to the Marriott Center crowd, which is cool because last year he didn't get to see a full crowd. Here's what he said after the game. Man, it was so fun. Like this, I think this is my first real Marriott Center experience. And so, I mean, I grew up watching BYU basketball. I didn't get to play last year because of COVID. So this is one, I'll remember this night for a long time. And then beating a team like San Diego State, one of the toughest teams in the country on the boards, like that's just a big, big win for BYU basketball. Hey, is Caleb had some obvious frustrations from the three-point line. He made some big plays down the stretch. His, Huge his, put back his, to put BYU like, up by three late. Like three minutes left. Yeah, yes, and then he was a beast on the boards as well, along yeah. with uh, Fusini Traore. San, San Diego State's so long and big that that was going to give BYU trouble. It, it didn't in the end. Like, it did in the final score. BYU had to grind it out, but BYU led for most of the game. Like, the Cougars made clutch plays down the stretch, man. Uh, I mentioned the three-point shooting struggles, and it wasn't just Caleb. It was pretty much everybody except for Alex Barcelo, who he doesn't struggle with anything. Continues to do his thing. He struggles at not sucking. You know what I mean? Like he's been incredible to start the season yes. and last year and everything. I asked Mark Pope about the three-point struggles. This is what he said: "Who needs threes, man? We're trying to grind it out." I actually loved the shots we got in the last ten minutes of the game. I loved them, and so the way we play is like. The way we play is like, hey, we're going to take the right shots all the time. And sometimes when they fall, it makes your life a little easier. And sometimes when they don't, you got to be tougher. And I'm so proud of this team's toughness, guys. And, and they don't do it without this amazing crowd. It's just uh, that's a really fun game. Well, there you go. Who just, needs Just threes? play defense and be tougher. Who four, needs threes? Typically, four for 18 would be rough for BYU, shooting 22%. But the good news is that San Diego State was 3 of 22, mm-hmm. and it didn't expose, you know, it didn't change the game for either team. It was it was even that way. BYU's 5 for 19 against Cleveland State, 4 for 22 against San Diego State. Woof! Yeah, not great, but still, two wins. Not great, Bob! Two wins. That is great. Yeah, that is great, Bob. I'm very encouraged because those shots, when they fall, watch out. 
Hopefully they fall tomorrow night in the Moda Center. Watch out. Yeah, and hopefully that starts with Alex Barcelo, uh, who is uh, understandably excited about what's happening at San Diego State, but focused on what's next. Here's Alex. It means a lot, you know. Uh, San Diego State's the, they're a tournament team, we believe, and so is Cleveland State. So to have those two wins under our belt, it means a lot to us, but we know we got to get a, a lot better. And uh, we're, we're going to have to do that over, over the weekend. Uh, coming tomorrow, we're going to be really sore probably, but just battling through that and watching the film, knowing how to get better on, on what we did wrong, our mistakes today, and then moving on to Oregon on Tuesday. Oregon awaits at the Moda Center. Cannot wait for this matchup. Huge game tomorrow night. Mm. What a massive opportunity. And I will say this, because BYU beat Cleveland State and San Diego State, and we're kind of not expecting BYU to beat Oregon. If BYU loses that game, it's not like a, oh no, there are no more opportunities. Well, BYU has more opportunities, and yeah. they've taken care of business against a couple of good teams already. I would argue that perhaps Oregon's the second best team BYU play all year, I think. Right now. Obviously next to Gonzaga. Yes. And Gonzaga looked unbelievable against Texas. Like, I watched that whole game, and I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> they're, they're, they, be, they just... They were up like 30 on Texas. They were incredible. Who, by the way, was the number five team in the was country. number five. Now they're number eight. Yeah. Yeah. Holy cow. Okay, coming up, uh, te- you know, Texas. It was a bad day in football. Though. Coming up, double down results. And a well down, da- uh, well, uh, I almost said well down. A well-deserved rise and shout out to those of you who combined for 5,500 pair of shoes. Mm. This BYU Sports Nation. Amazing. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Boost! Download the pod, just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. It's time to recap Double Down. Here's how it works. We each give two predictions about, in this case, Friday night's game for BYU against San Diego State. Each one you get is worth a point. Now, if you get both correct because we double down, mm-hmm. you earn a bonus point for a total of three possible points. After the first game, we were tied at one apiece. Okay, I'll go first. My first pick, BYU will make eight or more three-pointers against San Diego State. Eh. Nope. BYU made four. Four for 18 from mm. the three-point line. However, number two, BYU have 13 or fewer turnovers against San Diego State. They accomplished that. Just 11 times. Only four turnovers in the second half, so I get the lone point from Friday night. Fewer possessions in that game. Yeah. T. John Lucas will score in double figures. He did. 13 points. Had uh, 2 of 12 from the field. Did go 8 of 8 from the stretch. Big time from the free throw line for T. John. This one wasn't aggressive, but I'll tell you why I did. A BYU player will make three or more threes. That wasn't a lot. Neither, no BYU players did Tuesday. No BYU players did last year against San Diego State. So I thought, okay, that's fair. Alex Barcelo hit three. That was the most. In fact, he hit three of the four for BYU. So I get that that point as well. So that means I got three points. I made an argument that I was going to go with, hey, BYU makes seven or more threes against San Diego State. <laughs> that would have been way off. <laughs> like, they made four. You said five. It would have been off. And amazingly, you said they made four as a team. A, the fact that a player, one player, made, made th- at least three of those, that's crazy. <sighs> Doesn't feel that crazy, but given what I mentioned, it, yeah, that's why. Tyler Haas had some aggressive picks. He said Caleb hey, yeah. Loner will make five threes. Brian Logan, is that you? Yep. <laughs> that didn't happen. And the uh, freshman throwdown, he went with his second pick, uh, Foose and Atiki Eliatiki will combine for 20 points and 15 rebounds. No. They didn't. No. Foose had 9 Good. and 8. Uh, Atiki had no points on Friday. Good job. Good effort. Okay, updated double down standings. You have four points now because you got three for three. Yep. 
at one point, giving me a total of two. It's early, man. It's early. Our question of the day as we transition now back to BYU football and specifically head coach Kalani Satake. It's Kalani Satake Appreciation Day. <laughs> do you believe BYU will do what it takes to keep Satake and his staff Come on, baby. this season? Come on. Our elite voice today presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. Jeremy, you never get to read this. I do when I host. At Kip Kent on Twitter. Absolutely. All the other pieces are in place. Coaching at his alma mater, where the stadium is named after his mentor. The program is Power 5 after next season. He has recruiting at an all-time high. BYU is great at NIL. All he, you okay there? Yep. All he needs is a P5-level coaching contract. Yep. Something approximating it. Okay. Whatever he needs. Let's go. What does a P5-level coaching contract look like? Uh, two and a half mil plus. Maybe three. <coughs> okay. Are you getting emotional yeah. about this? I am. <laughs> I am. You all right? You want me to read this? No, I'm good. Okay. Actually, yes. Are you good? Actually, go ahead. Do it. Okay, I got you. Today's rise and shout-outs. Pre- I'm your T-John Lucas. Okay, I got you. Presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Gideon Georgia Shoe Drive. Incredible, <laughs> dude. 5,500 to 6,000 shoes estimated showed up. This is amazing. So many kids in Nigeria are going to be affected for good because of this. So well done by everybody. Yeah, it's it's... My sister included. She showed up and she was like, hey, we were a little bit late to the start of the game because we were donating shoes. Oh, it's all good, man. That's amazing. Okay, women's volleyball seniors being honored. Six seniors, tremendous impact on this program. A couple have been to the Final Four before, 2018. Pretty Let's awesome. Go! Final home match for soccer. They put up a six spot on New Mexico. Amazing. And then we want to shout out to this little girl who drove three hours to watch Paisley Harding play. They got to interact after the game, which is super cool. Congratulations to uh, you know this girl who got to meet Paisley. Paisley's pretty cool. That's awesome. She is cool. All right, our thanks to today's guest, ESPN's Trevor Maddich. Sorry to Dennis Pitta, we ran out of time. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Use hashtag BYUS. For Jeremiah I'm Spencer. Shout out to Luis Lemus. Nice. We'll see you tomorrow for BYU Sports Nation as we push forward with more Kalani Satake appreciation. And Let, some for Mark Poe, probably too. Let's keep doing it until they get more. <laughs> Go Cougs! Pay the man! Stay here, please.